Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome to another episode of the Make Disciples Podcast. My name is Dan Rober, and it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Today, we're continuing our conversation between Senior Pastor David McNeely and Jamie Brown, the Executive Director of a Women's Pregnancy Center, and Denise Harley, Senior Counsel and Director of the Center for Life with Alliance Defending Freedom. It's part three of our conversation where we're considering our post-Roe world following the decision from the Supreme Court overturning it in June of 2022. Today, we're going to consider some future legal aspects that may be going on, as well as the importance of adoption and other ways that uh, we can support uh, this uh, movement to happen in the years and decades to come. Without further ado, here's David. So we're an adoptive family. We've got uh, six boys that were uh, adopted, and uh, we were one of those medical mysteries. Doctors just didn't know. You know, you work fine, you work fine. Not sure why you're not able to get pregnant. And, uh, and it was about a five-minute conversation for us to say, yeah, we want to adopt. I mean, it just did, we didn't care how children came into our home. We just wanted children um, in our home. But one of uh, uh, the turning points for us was uh, so twins were first and then there was the, the third child that third child we got a chance to be in the hospital room with the birth mother just days after she gave birth and uh, so she placed little davis into the arms of judith she then asked us could she pray um over us so i grew up in the south so i get up out of my seat you know and say sit down she insists no you sit down she knelt at uh, mine and Judah's feet while she was, uh, uh, Judith was holding Davis, got the twins over here with me. I'm oh. trying to wrangle. And she places her hands on her knees and just prays wow. and prays blessings over him. Half of it was in her native tongue, a mark um, mm-hmm. over in Ethiopia. And then um, half of it was in English. And uh, instant change for us. We at that moment went, oh, my word. Um, we became pro-woman in a way that we had not been before. We were pro-woman in theory before. Now we became pro-woman in a, in a way. The, one of the things I love about your banquets uh, the, every year, we get to celebrate uh, life over there, is that oftentimes you'll see a, an adoption story, but you also see a story of a woman who chose to give birth and how now uh, the, the, not just a women's pregnancy center, others have come around and where that family is able to thrive now, whether it be a single mom, whether it be a mom who gets married. Um, I love the fact that you're showing us um, how people are, are thriving, untimely pregnancy. Hey, there's support that's out there. We are going to come alongside you and, and help. And it can be done well. Yeah. I'm loving it. Uh, what's coming down the pike legally? Knowing that she had mentioned the, you know, the, um, the, the pill, the, the morning after, I know is commonly referred to. Go ahead. Well, it's the RU486. That's different than the morning after pill. Okay. Yeah. So the chemical abortion drugs are used up to 10 weeks in pregnancy. Okay. Um, so what we're seeing is so far, we've seen a lot of media misinformation, unfortunately, since the overturning of Roe. Um, sort of scaremongering about women supposedly not being able to get emergency treatment if they have pregnancy complications in some of the states that are completely protecting life. Um, that's false, but unfortunately, I think it is um, influencing a lot of sort of voters and the public into thinking that these laws aren't, aren't responsible. And it, it's just not true. Every single state in the nation permits um, the, the life of the mother to be prioritized in some sort of emergency situation where the pregnancy needs to be terminated to make sure that mom can be stabilized. Um, so that's that's a big part of the battle is sort of those communications and people willing to 
um, find out what's true and, and talk about that openly with our neighbors. Um, obviously, increases in demand in a lot of places. And um, some of the states that are very pro-abortion trying to solicit women to come there to have their abortions. So I think a lot of it for me, I think, is the messaging to, to get the word out about the nearly 4,000 pregnancy care centers now around the nation wow. that provide free material, resources, emotional support, on and on and on um, for the mom during pregnancy, after pregnancy. And they're there to say, yes, you can, rather than pitting the mom's interest against her baby, mm. rather than saying, you can't do this mm. and this is a threat to your life, um, saying, you can do this and we're here to help you in whatever way you need it. Um, so that is what we need is sort of a cultural shift in understanding how pro-life is beautiful, right? Life is a human right. We can be pro-woman. We can be pro-baby. We can be pro-family. And those states hopefully are going to thrive. The ones that are eliminating abortions are going to be the ones where there are healthier people, more love, more support. Um, yeah, life is messy, right? But we don't eliminate human beings because, you know, they're inconvenient, and so I'm hoping that those states will start to shine lights and then that will be kind of a contagious effect where other states that might be more in the middle, maybe Florida and others will have the courage to move toward making sure abortion is unavailable there. Um, and as you might have, if anyone just paying attention to some of the elections and the ballot initiatives, um, the other side has a, a lot of money. The pro-abortion side has tons of money, including, unfortunately, you know, half a billion dollars in federal money every year. Um, and that has been, I think, deceptive um, and trying to confuse people about what Roe was, what Dobbs did and so forth. So just kind of taking a little bit of time to make sure that you are informed about the laws um, and then thinking about creative ways how we can support mm. moms in need so that these laws will work. Right. I mean, if, if we're not there <laughs> when we make abortion unavailable, if we're not there for the moms in need, then it's going to be a disaster. But this is the moment the church has been waiting for. So now is the time to step up and be there. Which has been a consistent critique that I've heard all over, whether again, it be in, a, in an article or some news story or some comedian or whatever it is that the, the, the attack is always now. Okay, Christians, you got what you wanted. Now we're going to see how you guys can't support um, all this. So for the person who's listening, watching, and they're saying, uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's me they're saying about, maybe I need this. Or they say, but I've got somebody that I know very well who is in this scenario right now, has chosen to give birth um, uh, in there. Um, what do you say? How, how can you, your organization and the church, how can we come alongside now and practically help people who are choosing um, outside of adoption? So we, we know that's a great choice um, in there. But outside of that, how, how can we as a church support uh, you at a women's pregnancy and just in general um, uh, uh, people uh, with their families? Well, no, that's a long answer. Good. <laughs> but the Reader's Digest version, as you say, uh, obviously we need the prayers. You know, our, our prayers foundational to our ministry. Prayers foundational to most pregnancy center ministries. Obviously we need the resources. Without the resources... We can't advertise to get the girls and we can't provide, you know, our belly boutique to provide resources for them to, to, you know, bring the baby home successfully. But more than that, um, what we need from our churches is a commitment, a, a team 
from each church a commitment saying, I will be a team leader of five people from Wildwood that will commit to coming alongside these moms as we need them. Mm. So, for instance, right now we have a mom that's sofa couch surfing because she doesn't have a place to go. So to be able to pick up the phone and say, Jane Doe from Wildwood, this is our need, and then mobilize uh, that team from Wildwood. Maybe that would be a once a day phone call. Maybe that would be once a month phone call. Mm. Maybe this would be a a person from Wildwood that comes alongside one of our male counselors and says, let's just have lunch and let me check on in on you and see how you're doing so you can process what you're you know, what you're hearing, how are you doing? Or maybe it's someone who wants to come counsel and make a commitment for a long period because we train these counselors and then life happens and life gets busy. And then that training, that time invested, you know, goes for naught. So it's, it's that kind of on-call long-term commitment, someone that we can call and say, okay, we have this person who's just accepted Christ they're baby believer. They're not been churched in all their lives. They need someone to walk them into the church. Who's going to do that from Wildwood? Who's going to be there to do that for us? And uh, it's it's a uh, sounds a little daunting to make a long term commitment for that. But th- these are boots on the ground kind of concerns. This is where the rubber hits the road. Forgive all the puns, but um, this these are day-by-day, daily situations that we deal with that we want our churches to get involved with. We don't want to be our church for these these men and women. We want to be able to partner with our churches. And it, it just, you know, the, the demand has grown so, the number of clients that we see has, has grown so. In order for us to dive as deep as we want to dive with them, we have to have those resources outside of the center they can be on call and on to, you know, as demanded. Yeah, one of the greatest joys um, in my life, and we talk about it often here at, at Wildwood, we, we make this analogy with, with uh, a fair level of regularity. When somebody comes to faith, it is a spiritual birth. You mentioned that. They are a spiritual infant. And we all know from having uh, infants into our home, the worst thing in the world that we could do as a parent is just say, whew, so glad that birth has taken place. And now you just grow, kid. You, you just do what you need to do. In the church, we tend to do that with regularity. We just say, well, someone's come to faith now, so that you just grow and, and the best to you. And uh, the greatest, one of the greatest joys that I have in ministry, I've seen it for years now, is watching somebody make that transfer from unbelief to belief. But then when they start growing and go from belief to maturity, mm-hmm. when I get a chance to walk alongside of them, I'm not doing the work. Holy Spirit's doing the work. I'm just there pointing them to Jesus and helping them learn a little bit about how to study the Bible, a little bit about how to pray, a little bit about how to lean into the body of Christ, massive support system with people. Um, Great joy that takes place. And so what you're saying is we're here now. That's where we are right now as a a country. The laws have been, uh, have honored God in, in what we got right now. Now we need the church to say, I'm here. I'm going to come alongside these individuals, these families, and I'm going to be uh, someone that helps just stand in the gap and, and pray and, and resource and et cetera. That, that's what you're saying, correct? Absolutely. Would you say the same thing? Yeah, definitely. And, and you're on the board. 
Um, uh, over here, I'm a very proud board member. I get I work with pregnancy centers around the nation, so I get to I get to brag on Jamie's all the time. <laughs> Good. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. My thanks to Catherine Eckhart, the producer of this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, 